Podcast time, everybody. It's uh, episode 228 of the Pesky Report. Um, we're now no longer brought by anyone. We're in a little bit of a, a limbo as we uh, as we switch some things up. But uh, I'm Ed Hand, and I am joined today with my new co-host, uh, Derek McGuire, who I will um, attempt to avoid referring to as the boy wonder because he's like 19 or something. Uh, yeah. How, how are you doing, Derek? I'm doing great, honestly. It's... Uh... I'm excited to get the first one out of the way here for Pesky Report. Um, exciting, but also to, uh, you know, just want to get head first since this dive straight into it. Um, and I do kind of like it's on the Pittsburgh Pirates. It's not about the Red Sox. So I do like I like to dabble my first show outside of the Red Sox, too. Heck, yeah. We are uh, talking Pittsburgh, everything Pittsburgh Pirates today. And we've got a guest from Pirates Fan Forum uh, named Jim. How are you doing, Jim? Oh, man, guys, I'm good. I appreciate you having me on. That intro got me all fired up for some baseball. It wasn't wasn't black and gold, but it was still pretty cool. So, Yeah, I mean, we could have done – if it was a Bruins podcast, I guess it would be black and gold. But uh, not, Right, right, right. Not quite with that. So you're, um, you're, you're a Pirates fan. Um, how, how, how were you born around the Pittsburgh area, or how did that uh, happen? Yeah, yeah. Um, for better or worse, yeah, born and raised right outside Pittsburgh. And uh, I currently live, um, oh, geez, takes five miles. I'm about five miles from PNC Park, so I can get there now in about 13 minutes or so, depending on traffic. And uh, yeah, I was born and uh, raised in Aliquippa, Pennsylvania, which is a huge, huge uh, football town. It's had Tony Dorsett and Mike Ditka and Ty Law. And uh, just, um, yeah, so we, 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 we like our sports around here, as, as do the people in Boston. So there's some, there's some similarities there. I had a friend who was um, a big Steeler. He was from, I forget exactly where. It was the same town that Terrell Pryor was from. Oh, Jeanette. Jeanette, yeah. Pennsylvania. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, was, yeah. Uh, I mean, my mom went to high school with Joe Namath. Um, it's just, you know, Dan Marino, Jim Kelly. Oh, geez, it just goes on and on and on. So, uh, yeah, I mean, football's king around here, but, uh, you know, Pirates and Penguins are still are still pretty hot, too. Which, considering the Pirates uh, have been sort of in the cellar the last few years, um, what, what how would you describe the fan base there for the Pirates? <laughs> uh a little tormented, a little, a little bipolar at this point, probably. Um, there's definitely some, there's some factions. Uh, you know, you've got the optimistic crowd, you've got the overly pessimistic crowd, uh, you've got the hate Bob Nutting, owner of the Pittsburgh Pirates crowd, and uh, so it all kind of just converges on social media into this big hot mess. But right now things are pretty quiet. You know, this is this is everybody's as, as hopeful as they can possibly be. Um, you know, but that's I think that's the case around, you know, spring training at this point. Oh yeah, it's always the most optimistic time of the year because you know you know like you especially if you're not setting your expectations super high. You, you know, yeah. you can uh, you can't be disappointed if uh, you don't have a lot to hope for. But there's. You know, there's some good. I, I think that the the, the Pirates there are some good up and covers on there. There's it's a, it's a, it's a better team that I think people are giving it a lot of credit for. Just when you look at who they've got there and the system and some of the trades that they've made. But um, one of their big um, 
acquisitions this offseason actually that i don't know if big is the right word but they did acquire somebody from um the red Sox in free agency and that was uh our uh, favorite son from Milton, the pride of Milton, Massachusetts, uh, Rich Hill. Uh, what have the uh, vibes with Rich Hill been? Well, that's interesting. I didn't know he was from that neck of the woods. Um, oh, yeah, local boy. Yeah. So um, back to the whole, yeah, you know, the different factions of the Pirate fan base. I think people that follow the game a little bit more um, we're, we're pleased with it. You know, I think he's still, look, I mean, he's 42 going on 43. He's, he's been around. Um, but so a lot of people saw that right away and was like, Oh, geez, man, what are the pirates doing? It's, I mean, this guy's going to be 50 soon and he, you know, <laughs> seven, $8 million a year. But the reality is he's still a pretty decent pitcher. Um, you know, I know he's had some issues with some blisters and things over the, but like, you know, he can still be pretty dependable. And I think for the Pirates, they've had some interesting guys uh, the last couple of years, like Jose Quintana they had last year. He was a veteran that they moved at the deadline to the Cardinals. And I feel like, and he helps a lot. Of, he's helped a lot of like the, the younger pitchers on the staff. I feel like Rich Hill really just kind of slide right into that again. Um, you know, when you've got the Mitch Kellers of the worlds and the Roanzi Contreras of the world, and they've got a couple other horses coming up at some point. Um, just being able to have a guy like that who's, I mean, you talk about the art of pitching. Rich Hill knows the art of pitching, right? So I I was happy with it. I think um, uh, I think guys like that are pretty invaluable, actually. Yeah, I mean, you look at him getting like the 8 million that he got to be an innings eater and you think, Oh, well, maybe they overpaid a little bit, but then you factor in that he's also kind of like an additional pitching coach. And that goes a long way. He was working with like Bray and Bayo here and some of the other, uh, some of the other young kids in Boston. And he's, he's just been doing it for such a long time. When you talk about the art of pitching, yeah, it's like watching my dad pitch with a ball. That's the best way I can describe it. Throwing, with the exception that he runs a lot. Like, except your, uh, except your dad may be younger. I don't know, but yeah. So. <laughs> He'd, he'd like to hear that. He'd, uh, he'd like to believe that. Uh, but yeah, no, I, 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 he's, he's a good guy to have with a team of, uh, with pitchers that are kind of um, in the process of developing. And you mentioned, uh, you mentioned Keller, but you also mentioned Contreras who um, had very much under the radar an excellent season last year. What's the uh, scouting report on him? Well, man, you know, he he's somebody that um, he really did kind of make his way through the Pirates quickly after they acquired him uh, uh, in a trade. And he he he's ahead of his time, I think, in maturity uh, wise as a pitcher. Um, real good fastball, knows how to pitch already, doesn't get overwhelmed. Um, I, I think he's really going to step up and have a good year and see continued development out of him. He just has to figure out how to get put batters away when it's time to put them away and maybe not waste a few extra pitches to do it. It starts affecting, you know, pitch counts and things like that. Sky's the limit with him, though, man. He 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 is one of their really really good young arms i I, i'm super excited about him 
Yeah, is there, because I know he's a little bit on the smaller side, have there been any concerns with, um, like, his elbow or shoulder or anything like that? He had a little bit of that. Um, uh, I think it was at the beginning of last year or somewhere around that area, and they were real careful with him, and I know they've been careful, like everybody is, right? I mean, everyone's scared to death of these young guys with these arms, and it's almost like you're just expecting it to happen at some point. Um, since then, he's been fine. Uh, velocity has stayed up. I, 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 the, the Pirates have such a small landing strip here for this rebuild that they can't afford. They've got all these young arms. Uh, they can't afford a rash of injuries there. They, they, like, it will fall apart if, if the young guy's arms don't stay healthy. So, so they basically like keep better, stay healthy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, yeah. So, because um, they've got Rowan, he Contreras. Um, uh, obviously, Mitch Keller's now he's kind of a veteran at this point. Um, they still have Luis Ortiz coming up in the minor league system. He he blew me away last year when he got some starts. Um, they've got Quinn Priester. They've got Mike Burrow. Uh, Burrows in the minors, so they've got some. They've got some big live arms coming up. They just, they just need to make sure that they can keep them healthy. Yeah. There's one name that you um, did that's been there for a few years, and I always expect him to do something, and he doesn't. And that's JT Brubaker. Mm. What did he just like? Did did he just never develop into what they thought he would be, or what's what's his deal? He's a, he's an interesting guy to watch. Um, he doesn't blow you away with any of his stuff, okay? Um, and I do think that this is kind of a put-up-or-shut-up year for him. He's, he, he's 29 now, so by age, he's definitely a veteran. He, he, he's, he's, he's funny because he will have some really good stretches, but then he also has some times where he gets himself in trouble early in games and you're like, Oh geez, man, they're not going to get two innings out of this guy today. Well, then he'll settle. Like he'll give up four runs, but then he'll make it through five or six innings with no more runs. And it's like, man, if we could just get you off to a better start in these games, um, he's looked good. He's striking out more guys in the, in, in the spring. Um, so we're we're hopeful. I, look, all all you need out of a JT Brewbreaker type, and look, every rotation I think has these kind of guys. We're like, just be a solid four or five starter, man. Like, you don't have to be you don't have to be anything great. Just give us some stability back there, and that's just fine. Yeah, and I mean, it's like that's got to be frustrating though. Like you're in the game, it's four nothing after the first inning, so it's like you're already <laughs> starting with that. Uh, yeah, that yeah. Yeah, and he's he's had he's been the victim of like for whatever reason it seems like the defense always kind of took a day off when he got was was on the mound uh, last year and the year before. So um, I'm hope I'm hopeful. I think he could project to maybe a guy that you could put in the bullpen regardless. Um, so I don't think it'd be a total loss if they move him out, and they may do that anyway as the season progresses with some of these arms if they're ready to come up. So it's a wait and see thing with him, um, but I think he'll be okay. I, I I think he's got enough to stick at the back end of a rotation. Those guys are, are valuable. Yeah. Um, 
I was going to say, there is a name that is I do want to ask about uh, in the pirate system because it sure. seems like they're going to only have them focus on pitching. And I wanted to ask whether or not that's going to be like 100%. They're only going to have them focus on pitching is Bubba Chandler because we know he has the stuff as a pitcher where eventually he can be a good MLB starter. It's just, he's also been playing, he's also been hitting and playing some shortstop and mm-hmm. previously. Are the Pirates committed to going that route and saying, hey, you're going to be a pitcher now and we're going that route? Or are they still kind of, we'd like you to pitch, but maybe you'll still see some at-bats here or there? Well, it's interesting you bring that up because he was he was a big get for them in the draft. Um, uh, I, I think Bubba was the one that was a quarterback as well and uh, committed to Clemson. Um, so, I mean, you're talking about a pretty good athlete too, right? And so when the Pirates drafted him, he definitely wanted to be a guy that they could use both. He wanted to try to hit. He wanted to try to hit and pitch at the same time. And I think that they, in order to get him and make sure he signed, they said, yes, we will explore that with you. Um but anytime you're 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 headed to Clemson to play football, I mean, you, you you've got some pretty good athletic pedigree, right? So I don't think it was like a big risk on their part. Now he got some he got some at bats last year and he struggled. Uh, he was not like it's definitely he he I think pitching is is what you're going to see now. The Pirates just came out recently and said that he's going to exclusively focus on the pitching. I don't know if that was okay. We gave you your 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 shot. It it, it didn't go so well. We'll see what happens. Um, you know, let's focus on the pitching side of things. But that's where it is right now. As far as I know, he's going to start focusing on that. So we'll see though. But it was you know with everything with uh, Otani, I think everyone's hopeful that you can you can maybe catch lightning in a bottle with some other guy. And uh, but yeah, Derek, good question though, bud. Yeah, well, the, the Rays tried it with Brendan McKay and it didn't really pan out. Right. And he's actually a Pittsburgh product. So, um, yeah, it, 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 it doesn't work out. I mean, obviously, we see how, we see how you know, rare it is. But, um, yeah, so that's where they're at with Chandler at this point. So it's, uh, int- cause it's interesting that you mentioned the draw with drafting. Um, because that's one thing that is so important with each regime. Uh, ben Sherrington, who, um, you know, is in charge of all that with the Pirates now, he he did, you know, he gets a lot of credit for what he did drafting Mookie Betts and some of the other guys. But he also missed on a few, like he, people forget, he had like the seventh pick in the draft one year and he took Trey Ball, who never made it past Double uh, A for the Red Sox. Um well, tell, what what are tell, your feelings on Sherrington? Well, let me ask you. Let me ask you first. You guys first. How is Sherrington remembered there? Like, do like you mentioned it briefly there, but I'm kind of curious because, I mean, they got a World Series while he was there, so that gets attached to his resume. But it sounds to me like, from what I've heard, just from what you said and some others, is like, eh, you know, they've got a lot of money and there was a lot of mistakes and. That's a good question. No, it's a good question. Um, I, 
So I wasn't crazy about them firing him when they did. I feel like I, and this happened with Dombrowski also, I feel like they cut the Red Sox cut the cord a little quickly on guys. Um, but he wasn't great with free agents. He was good at, he was good enough at drafting. He got them some decent um, players there. He made some, he made some all right trades. He also made some pretty abysmal trades. Um, and, you know, you got to wonder if it wasn't for uh, 2013 when kind of everything just sort of fell into place. And if it wasn't for Mookie Betts going from like a random fifth round, like if Mookie, so people don't realize this about Mookie Betts, but after his first professional season, he almost just retired to go back to school and play D3 basketball. Um, oh my goodness. And, I, did, I, I, I did not know that. My God. Yeah, he, he was um, a, he was a shortstop for the little spitters and he didn't, really do much and they kind of revamped his swing and his approach and his second year that was when he really started becoming like the Mookie bets that we see like the, the MVP the perennial MVP contender um but if he hadn't hit on that and if he you know if um all of those signings that he made in 2013 hadn't worked out I mean he didn't the Pablo Sandoval Hanley Ramirez moves were kind of a disaster letting John Lester go that was a bit of a disaster but you know, <laughs> but yeah, you get you get a, you get one of these exactly, and... exactly. And he was able to get them enough of a farm system that Dave Gombrowski could mortgage it to get another World Series in 2018. Um, D- Derek, would you add anything to that? With uh, what's what's your assessment on uh, Charrington? Yeah, I mean, I was really really young when Charrington took the job. Um, but I think for me, it was always a sense of like he had some like I, I mean, it's every every kind of whether GM or president of baseball operations or whatever their official position is, regardless of where they are. Um, it, it feels like everyone has some good moves. They have some bad moves, but at the end of the day, if you win a championship in your tenure, that stuff kind of gets overlooked in a sense, especially when you look at it, uh, you know, in the past now towards the end of his tenure, you know, you could have argued that the Red Sox maybe got rid of him early, but you also could also make the argument of, this farm system is kind of growing, but at the same time, where's the MLB talent? Because there was a little bit of a transition period from post-2013 to really 2016 when they won that first division title. Um, since 2013, there was that two-year gap where it was like, this ta- the minor league talent co- is coming, but they haven't made an impact yet, and our older veterans are kind of starting to fall off the back end a little bit. Um, you so it was, it was very interesting to kind of see. Um but I think, like for a t- especially for a team like Pittsburgh, I think he can do very well there. You mentioned something interesting there—a word, impact—and that's. And I know you, Ed, you wanted to touch on this. You guys wanted to talk about where things stand with the Pirates. I, I, Sherrington came in, and this was going to always be a long haul type situation. He was going to be given time. He had to basically tear things down to the studs, start over, replenish the farm system, um, get depth. I think he's done all that. Um, They have a top 10 farm system right now. And, you know, I I don't get real caught up in rankings just because baseball prospects are so hit and miss. But um, back to that term, that word impact. I, I worry that he hasn't gotten enough impact guys in this, in this system. I think there's some real good depth. There's some good arms. 
But when you look around and see what some of these teams do and the type of players that they have coming up, whether that's <clears throat> what the Orioles are doing, um, the Blue Jays recently with some of their impact guys, uh, Houston, like, those that's all high bar stuff. But boy, you you need some impact players to, to if 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 you especially if you're going to have to do it primarily from your from your minor league organization. I worry about that with the Pirates. I worry that there's just not enough of that to get them where they want to go. So they do have two pretty uh, big name catching prospects: uh, Henry Davis, who was taken first in the entire draft. Um, and a couple of years ago, and um, also, and I just started reading about this guy fairly recently, but Andy Rodriguez, who's another catching prospect, that seemed to have emerged almost out of nowhere. Um, do either yeah. of those guys, I know they brought in Austin Hedges uh, to start the season, but I mean, that's that's an all-defense, no no bat kind of guy. Oh, do you, do you see... That's an understatement, Ed. Yeah. <laughs> Do you see either of those guys being able to play a role in the immediate future? Um, are those potential impact guys? Yeah. Um, you mentioned and Andy Rodriguez. If that is not a name people are aware of around baseball, they might want to start getting a, aware of this guy. Um, <clears throat> they, 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 they've gotten lucky with him. He's really kind of rocketed up the charts. Uh, it, with the Pirates, and this is a this is a guy that is a switch hitter. He's a catcher. He plays second. He plays outfield, and he can hit. Um, I mean, he he smoked the ball last year all over. I mean, like in Double A, we're talking a slash line. He was three twenty three, four oh seven, and five ninety. Um, oh, wow. 590. Yeah. Yeah. Oh so he, he, he's, he's a ball player. He's probably, he's ready to hit. I think right now he even had a good spring. They sent him back down. Um, and people weren't too happy with that, but he, he's got some work to do behind the plate if that's where they want to keep him. But, uh, guys, guys, an athlete guy can hit, he could probably already hit right now in the majors. I think they're going to be paid. You mentioned they brought in hedges from, uh, I think it was Cleveland and he's a defensive uh, known as just kind of a, a real handler of a pitching staff. I think Andy's time is coming. They'll wait till they can manipulate that service time. Like everyone seems to like to do. Um, and honestly, there's no rush right now. The pirates aren't going to, aren't going to be competing for anything meaningful this year. And uh, but he is he's some he's somebody that people need to know about. And what about Jay, yeah, yeah Davis. Henry Davis? Um, it's a shame with him because last year he had some injuries. Guy gets hit all the time. You know he gets hit by pitches constantly. I think you know for whatever reason, and um, he had some wrist and hand issues, and I think it set him back a little bit. Pirates are really high on him. I don't know exactly what his ceiling is i think he was a safer pick for them um you know i don't think people you know people here you know number one pick catching i don't think he's anything in like the adley rushman type guy um but they love his makeup his profile 
and I think he's going to be somebody that's going to be a real good ball player. I just don't know how high that ceiling is with him. It's a good problem to have, though, when uh, two of your top three prospects are catchers. Yeah, you can never have enough catchers. No. I mean, worst case scenario, if you move one to first base or you trade one, and you, you, know, you fill in a hole somewhere right. else with that. And, and especially with Andy's versatility, like they, they, they could, they could get him other places. They could let them both catch the D. I mean, things are, things are as wide open in baseball as they've ever been, just simply because of some of the DH now. So we'll see how it goes. Yeah, we do bring up the fact that Andy can play second base too, but I do wonder long term at second base, you're probably looking at a guy like a Tamar Johnson. Also, uh, you know, I think that too, you take him the first round, fourth overall pick. The guy has like a legendary hit tool coming out of high school because I don't remember a guy who had like, I think he had like a 70 hit tool coming out of high school and the 60 power, which you don't see coming out of high school. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Tamar Johnson, out of Georgia, high school kid. They picked number one last year. Um, crazy hit tool. Um, like some of the stuff that was coming out about him. You know, you read all this stuff about guys when they're coming out, right? And who they kind of get compared to. And I mean, like, there were some names getting thrown out with him, like, you know, like Wade Boggs type hit tool. I'm like, let's, let's, let's slow, let's slow down a little bit here, guys. But no, this isn't, he's only eight. I think he's 18, still about to be 19. Kid can flat out hit. Um, we'll see about, you know, he's right now probably a second baseman. He's a little undersized. Uh, I think he's five eight five nine on a good day. But hey, if you know, we talk about it on our show all the time, people get very worried about positions, and we say it all the time: if you can hit, they'll find a place for you to play. I mean, this is like you know. So, but he he might be a ways off too. You know, even yeah. if he's really he's really good, but he could fast track to the system for sure. Now, they also do have another guy, Nick Gonzalez, too. They took him seventh overall. Mm -hmm. So two guys who may be second baseman. Uh, I think they're both probably a little iffy for short. Um, yes, but like are. you said, if if the bat will play, they'll figure it out at some point, sooner or later. They'll figure it out. Right, right. And, you know, they, they're, they're, uh, they're at least set right now on uh, – Maybe you've heard of this guy, O'Neill Cruz, right now at shortstop. Yeah. <laughs> Ed, do you want to you want to serve that one up, or did you want to yeah, go somewhere man. else with it? I was going. That's exactly where I was going next. Um, so O'Neill Cruz, um, Clydesdale, that was taught how to play baseball. I think he's like what, like six foot seven, two hundred something pounds, just a just a big dude playing shortstop. But he can handle the position pretty well. Um, what do you believe is his, is his plus, and what do you expect him to work on this year and to fix within his game to take it to the next level? Yeah, you know he is O'Neill Cruz is something. Uh, he's he's kind of a unicorn. Um, six foot seven shortstop. Um, he can get to a lot of baseballs. He can he can get it over to first at about ninety eight miles an hour. I mean, he like if you go go watch some of O'Neill Cruz's throws. Now, don't watch the bad ones because those will be twenty rows up. You know, like he 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 he's a little bit of a a wild stallion. You know, over there, he makes a lot of errors. Um, 
but he can get to a lot of things. I think they're just trying to get him into that acceptable range with the errors. It's, it's short stuff. He wants to play short. Okay. So um, they are trying to let him do that and hopefully show that he can handle the position. Um, but the guy runs like a deer. I mean, he's super fast, throws hard. He can, I mean, I don't know if you guys have seen any of his, of his home runs. Um, his, his ceiling is, is super high. Um, he's still a tiny, tiny bit raw. Um, like a lot of young guys still strikes out a lot, chases some bad pitches, but I'm telling you guys, he's, he's got 30, 40 home run potential. And he could steal 30 bases too. Like, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to get ahead of ourselves. Um, But O'Neill Cruz will be such a key um, piece in, in where this thing goes for the pirates. Um, Super exciting tools off the charts. I don't know where it's going to go, but he's going to be fun to watch. Um, you know, I don't know if the Pirates are the Pirates. Yeah, well, the Pirates will play Boston this year. Um, is that going to be in Boston or Pittsburgh? Do you guys know? I think they're playing them in Pittsburgh. I mean, in Boston. I think it's uh, pretty okay. early in the season, actually. I want to say it's okay. the second series of the season. Yeah, yeah. Actually, I think you're right on that. But uh, he's somebody that, like, you go to the ballpark to see. Um, so it's good to have a guy like that back on, on the Major League roster because – he, he could be, guys, he could be really special, really special. Do you think the increase in injury league games is going to benefit the Pirates, or does it hurt them, or is it sort <laughs> of at, – at like where the Pirates are at, is it kind of like whatever? Well, yeah, it's funny. Um, when you kind of sent me a, a, a topic list, I'm like, let me go and check and see how the Pirates did last year. And I knew it wasn't good, all right? Um now, granted, we had to face the meat grinder AL East. Thanks a lot, guys, by the way. Um, so that was not fun. And uh, yeah, tell me about that. The Red Sox had the exact same problem last yeah, year. Right, right. So the Pirates in 20 minor league or minor league interleague games last year, four and 16, they got destroyed. Um <sighs> Yeah, I mean, swept by the Jays, the Rays, Yankees stumped them a couple times. I think we got one against Boston in there, but um, but yeah, like it. So, and there's an in, an increase in interleague games this year for everyone. So let's start right there. Like you can't get dog walked by every team you're playing. So, but hopefully with it being spread out more across, you know, playing every every team a series um but it really shocked me i was like man they were off they were just simply awful last year in, in interleague yeah you're right about the al east being a meat grinder though at least they'll have some with like you know the kansas cities and the detroit tigers of the world right yeah and i mean like for you for you guys like playing in that division right now like you know i mean do do do, do boston fans look at that and say it's a tough division. We'll cut them some slack, or is it just 
is it still the standard is is up here and you better figure it out. Oh, the second one. It's definitely the standard <laughs> is still up here. And you know, which last year, um, especially the Blue Jays seemed to just destroy them every time they played. The Orioles did really well again. I, I mean, it was not a good year to be a Red Sox fan last year. And people have gotten a little entitled here with all of the uh, the championships and even, you know, 2021 kind of almost sneaking into the World Series. Uh, so it didn't go over that well. Um, and <laughs> no. honestly, for like, you look at some of the numbers for Red Sox, like Nick Pavetta, his ERA, I think, would have been like a full number lower if it wasn't for just series against the AL East. Yep. Um, so it's, yeah, meat grinder is it, the right word for it. It's, it's brutal, uh, you know, and that's one thing that will actually, I think, hurt. The NL Central is 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 going to be down this year. I I could I could see only one one team coming out of there for a playoff spot. Um, Ninety wins might win might win that division between the Cardinals and the Brewers, and and um, I think those are the teams everyone's kind of Cubs somewhat, but I think you know until you know Cardinals and Brewers right now kind of. But uh, you're talking twenty some less division games in lieu of interleague games. So that actually hurts the Pirates this year, I think. I think it, it would have been nice to have those games in, in what I think is going to be a down NL Central this year. Yeah, well, also, too, you look at the other divisions in the league, you yeah, even ALS got to play the Astros now. There's a chance that maybe three teams in that division could get the Mariners and Angels and Rangers. Who knows what happens with them? You do get Oakland, obviously, which, you know, Opens in their own kind of whole rebuild, except kind of earlier in the rebuild process, right. um, as they just kind of they've just sold off everything, um, and then you get the AL East, which is just like murderer's row of like five teams who could all be over five hundred. Then the AL Central is a little bit easier, but you still look at that team, that division. Go, there's three teams who could make the playoffs potentially out of that division. So it's like the AL is just like absolutely loaded, and it's. You look at a team like the Pirates. It's like cool. We play less. It's like we play less division games, and now we got to play all those teams in the AL that could be really good. Right. Yeah. I guess this all depends on how you look at it, too. You know. Yeah. Also, but I mean, hey, maybe the good thing is better draft pick. Maybe. Who knows? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, being optimistic though, like I've always said, like you know what? If you're gonna lose, just lose and take the pain, like the Astros did, because look how it turned out for them. Right. You sound like a pirate fan now, Derek. <laughs> hey, hey, the D-backs have been my adopted second team. And after 2019, besides 2019, it's been kind of rough. Um, 2020 was rough. They were bad. 21 was rough. Even 22 was rough at times for the D-backs with the exception of like two weeks in September. Right. So I kind I see it and I'm like, I kind of see like the pirates in a situation where it's like, you know, it, like, the worst place to be is that team that's 500 that you're not good enough to make the playoffs but you're don't but you're not bad enough to actually be bad and be able to really rebuild your farm system you're kind of stuck in that spot where it's like you got to figure it out you either got to try and pay a lot of money for talent or you got to start selling everything off and it's a really weird spot to be in as a team yeah i agree and i think that's what we're seeing in baseball a lot is teams don't want to be there at all so they're like bottoming things out like you, like you mentioned, or the teams that are in contention aren't. Nobody wants to be stuck in no man's land anymore and spending money that they don't have to spend. And 
you don't see it right on the horizon, why not? Um, baseball's rules allow it, you know. Um, that's probably a whole nother topic for another discussion <laughs> for another podcast. But you know what I mean? Like, that's nobody wants to be there. So that's kind of, geez, uh, Derek, it's a pretty, pretty, pretty morbid, uh, <laughs> morbid thing that you're going on there. Let's talk about something a little more, a little more optimistic right now. Um, Andrew McCutcheon, five million dollars. The, the the prodigal son returns. Um, how do you feel about the reunion? What was the fan reaction to that, and what do you think it means for the future of the Pirates? Yeah, um, look, if, if you follow baseball, you, you you know Andrew McCutcheon means a lot to the city of Pittsburgh and what he was able to do to end the streak of futility that the Pirates were on with like 20 straight losing seasons. And I mean, he essentially put them on his back, MVP type seasons, won an MVP, got them back to the playoffs three straight years. Um, you know, um, so he, he, he has earned his rightful place here in Pittsburgh. Uh, he still lives in Pittsburgh. He's never moved. His family's here. He has a son that's named Steel, for God's sakes. If that doesn't tell you something about his connection to this, which I think, what an awesome name, by the way. That's, I mean, like to name it, your kid Steel. Is it spelled Steel like Steelworkers or Steel as in Stealing Second Base? Steel as in S T E E L. That's awesome. S-T-E-E-L. So, yeah. That is such a cool – that's such a good baseball name, too, if he decides to oh, go that route. Yeah, yeah. So, Steel McCutcheon. Right. So, you know, in, in, in many ways, he never he met, he met never left. Um, but, you know, they were in that situation where the Pirates were, were tearing things down um, and decided to move on, which is how they got Brian Reynolds from the Giants uh, when they made the move. Uh, they got Brian Reynolds in return, and boy, it's hard to ask for a better way for that to work out. Now, staying on the McCutcheon thing, largely, largely well-received. Um, you got a few eye, eye rolls from people that saying, well, it's for publicity, and, you know, they bringing him back, and it's sell, sell some tickets. But, uh, you know, I, I say that, like, there's a lot of like like Derek, if you were from Pittsburgh and in in with you being your age, Andrew McCutcheon would have been your favorite baseball player. So people were thrilled that he came back and they're gonna get to see him again and be on be you know, be on the pirates. So like it it means something to baseball fans and you get attached to players and he's one of those guys and he's got some cool milestones coming up um, for a guy that, you know, um, probably not, you know, he's not a hall of famer, but he's going to end up having a very, very, very good career. All of very good. Yes. Like, hall Bernie, like Bernie Williams or someone like that. Yeah. Yeah. That, yeah. That's fair. And he's coming up on, these are all milestones he can hit this year, by the way, he's coming up on 300 homers. He just got his thousand RBI right at the end of last year, or that would be in play. He's like 50 hits away from 2000. He's 10 hit, uh, 10 doubles away from 400. He's one triple away from 50. He's 
25, 30 walks away from a thousand. Like he's going to hit all these milestones as a pirate. Um, and, and, you know, you start adding up guys in major league baseball who have done all those things. I'll bet you the list is a lot shorter than people realize. Yeah. It's a lot of different things too. It's not just like he was like a home, he's like a home run hitter or just a stolen base run scoring guy. Very like talk about five tool players. I mean, yes. Yeah. Kind of the yeah. Epitome of that. Yeah. Even in his younger career, he could, he could run a little bit too. So again, another good veteran guy, um, has been here when it mattered, been here and knows how to, and, and knows what it's like to get, get this team back to where it wants to be. I think it's a win-win. Some people are always going to be skeptical about stuff like that, but those are all some cool milestones. He's going to be, I, I will tell you this. I don't know how it's going to work out on the field. He will be in the opening day starting lineup. I know that the, on, on April 7th for the home opener, uh, without a doubt, I, I will bet money on that. If you guys, you know, if you guys want to place a wager, I would do that. So. It's legal in Boston now. Uh, the problem is that I would bet on that also. So I feel like <laughs> we can't. Uh, I feel like we can't like bet against each other on the same thing. If we both think that that's gonna. Yeah, happen. yeah, that probably won't. Probably won't. I'm not a gambling man, so I don't really know how that works. But I think like it would make a lot of sense to me. <laughs> no, no. So yeah, but uh, you know, like overall, um, and I think I tweeted something like this out at the time, like, hey, you know, this isn't this what kind of baseball is all about. You got guys coming back. This very rarely happens, you know, to, to kind of end it this way and bookend it. So, um, hey, if that makes you happy, so be it. I'm all for it. I mean, do you remember Nomar Garcia Parra? Oh, yeah. He got tra- He was my favorite player uh, growing up, and he got traded, and I think it took him four years to come back to Fenway. I think it, wait, it might have even been longer than that. I'm trying to, he was traded in 2004. I think it was 2009, so five years uh, when he came back with Oakland. And I remember going to that game, uh, and boy, was that cathartic. Just seeing him there on a different team. I can only imagine if he had resigned with the Red Sox for that last season, how how yeah. good that would have felt. Well, you, yeah, you, and like it, it, the thing about, you know, and, and Boston's very much the same way. Like everybody still had their cuts jerseys. It's not like they got rid of them. They're just strapping them right back on like things have never <laughs> changed, you know. So it's just cool, man. Like baseball, I wish sometimes we could have a little bit more of that at times. But yeah. no, me, me too. Like that's kind of what the game's about in a lot of ways. Uh, is that connect? I think that connection with the player is absolutely important. But absolutely, um, the, you know, there is one very good. Pl- I mean, there are a few very good players on the Pirates right now. I'm a big David Bednar guy, the closer, but um, mm-hmm. the one that gets the most attention because he's constantly in trade talks, um, presumably with every team of the league, is uh, is Brian Reynolds. And um, there's been really no news uh, that since he, you know, no real defining news, even though he's, uh, he, he did asked to be traded um do you think that this is the year that that happens do you think that they're going to try to extend him um what is going on with brian reynolds right now indeed indeed um let me first let me just first throw it back to you guys because i'm curious sometimes about how things are viewed here in pittsburgh and players and you guys give me your quick takes on what do you think of a, a brian reynolds type player because I, I know what people here think, and even that differs. But uh, I'd love to hear your guys' take on a Brian Reynolds-type guy. 
Okay, I want Derek, you go first on this, then I'll go. Yeah, I think for me with Reynolds, I think, well, first, the big thing is um, if you're a team acquiring him, it's do you think he can stick in center field because that's valuable? Um, I think he can play center field. I don't know how good I feel about him in center field. I mean, last year struggled a bit in center. I think if you're a team training for him, you're definitely going to feel more comfortable if you have an elite center fielder and you can stick him in left field or right field, depending on what your ballpark is. Um, but I think overall, you look at the bat and – the last two seasons, 141 weighted runs created plus last year, 125, a little bit down. Um, you get around that 130 to 140 weighted runs created plus where you're about 30, 40% above league average at the bat. And the defense, if it's in center field, can be around league average or if it's in the corners and be above average defense. I think you have a very solid player on your hands and he's got still got a decent amount of team control left. So it's just kind of when it comes to trading for him, it's how much you're willing to give up for that kind of guy and where does he fit in on your team. I think those are really the two deciding factors for a team that would be trying to trade for him. Yeah. I think, I think he can do a lot. I think he's a good, um, I think he's a very, I don't know if he is like an upper echelon player, but he's in that next tier right after that. Um, he can do a lot. You need like championship teams always have that guy on it. Who's not, you know, he's not the going to be your like middle of the order guy or not. I don't even want to say that he's because he is, but he's not going to be like your number three, number four hitter, but he's the kind of guy that you need to have in that lineup. And he kind of can do a little bit of everything. Um, that's yeah. That's been my impression of him. Yeah. defense. I don't, I, you know, you have a better idea of the defense than I do. I don't really trust defensive metrics. Um, you know, you can call me an old head if you want for that, but I think it's a little too um, situational, I guess. Um, yeah. So I don't know because I've heard really good things about his defense until last year, and then suddenly his defense sucked. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, I think Derek's pretty fair about that with him in center. Um, he's not going to blow anybody away in center field. Matter of fact, I think he's going to play a lot of left field, um, which is, is. But he wanted to play center, and before last year, actually was doing pretty well there. But I think you'll see him settle in in left field. Um, you know, he's, he's, he's a very good ball player. He like, like, and I think you're, you're, you're spot on in the sense of like, he's not, he's not in that upper echelon, but man, he's a really good ball player. And he's been doing, he's been hitting on some awful teams. Like, like that's the thing I think sometimes people forget is not, not only has the guy endured a, a ton of losing, he's been in some horrific lineups. Um, you know, so that, that's tough on, I don't, I know people talk about like, you know, there's no such thing as protection in order in the order and all this. I, I, I tend to think there is, and I tend to think that it's, it's probably not talked about enough, but when you're in a bad lineup and a bad team every day and you can still produce, I mean, and have an OPS between eight and 900, which, which is what he does. How's that going to look on a good team? Uh, you know, like, I, I, it, it sure ain't going to hurt it. It's sure not going to go down, you know. So, um, good. he's he's a really good ball player. Uh, he wants to stay. Um, I think he got, quite, quite frankly, I think he got pretty put off by the Pirates in their offer. Um, dare I say probably insulted by it. Um, and, and that's where that trade edict kind of came from. Um, 
whether he meant it or it was just I need to let them know how serious I am. But um, the pirates are funny, you know. I they, they they try to get everybody on the cheap, and uh, sometimes I think like, especially when you're coming up to a window where you think you might be good. How do you make that claim and then try and then trade your best player or one of your best players at the same time? I, it, I those worlds don't mesh to me, but that's kind of where we're at right now. Um, will he be traded? He's got three years left, as Derek mentioned. Three years of control—that's worth a lot. Um, I can't imagine that they would just play out the three years and let him walk. I, I just, I mean, what, what sense does that make? It could go any number of ways. I could see them holding on to him. I could see them moving him at the deadline. I could see him finally getting to a point where they extend him. I think it's really fluid, guys. I really just don't know how it's going to work out. And that's not a cop-out. It's no, just... It's not. We, we yeah. had that with Xander Bogarts and Raphael Devers and Mookie Betts. We've had that situation here in Boston, and it is it is exhausting. <laughs> it, yeah, it, it, it gets to the point, like you said, like you almost don't want to hear about it at times. Um, but the guy, look, I mean, and then there are, then there are the knuckleheads out there that says, well, is he going to be a problem? Is he going to – the guy the guy's a, a professional, and – He's not going to tank his own value by, I mean, like, he's still going to perform. Um, so let's just get that nonsense out of the way, too. But, um, yeah, it's it's a, I think he's willing to actually meet somewhere with the Pirates in the middle. But the Pirates have to be able to, to not, you know, insult the guy, too. Um, he's not a big market type guy, uh, you know, having... You know, knowing him, knowing the family a little bit, talking to them, it doesn't sounds like they're happy to be in a market like Pittsburgh. I don't see him being a guy that wants to play in New York or, you know, any of those types of markets. So um, we'll see where it goes. He's a good ball player. I'd love to see him stay. Hey, doesn't want to play in New York. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Yeah, like, but, you know, some guys just, they want nothing to do with that kind of stuff. And he, he, he you know, he, he's one of those guys that I think would love to stay and play for the Pirates and see this thing through. Now, I do want to ask about a guy who's already committed long-term to the Pirates um, because I think this guy should have won a gold glove last year. And the guy who won the gold glove at that position won the platinum glove, uh, Key Brian Hayes. I yeah. felt he should have won the gold glove over Arenado last year. His defense is outrageous. Um, so I, if it wasn't for the fact that Arenado just won every year and the voters are just like, well, there's no need to look at Arenado. I think right. he's like had a legit argument to beat Arenado last year for a gold glove. His defense is out like it's ridiculous, but the bat is still kind of coming along. We've seen potential. We've seen it kind of in stretches where he can play really well, but over the course of a season it hasn't been something where the bat's been amazing. Do you think he can take a jump this year and maybe try and, you know, he's not going to be your three, four hitter necessarily where he's going to hit 30 home runs and, hit 280 and, you know, be crazy. Right. But he's, he can slide himself and be a comfortable five hitter maybe. And maybe he hits, you know, 20 homers maybe. or That would know, be the – yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, hey, it's it's a topic here. Um, he has 
Oh, I mean, defensively, bar none, he is with anybody in baseball right now. Um, look at his defensive run saved. It's off the charts. He would have won a gold glove last year if gold glove was just about the gold glove and not about weird offensive numbers that, you know, like it's almost like you're established offensively and defensively, and somehow that helps you with your gold glove, uh, you know, award. But, uh, yeah, there's no doubt about it. He's got to be able to uh, to uh, step up offensively. He's had some nagging wrist and hand injuries, I think, that have held him back. Um, my hope for him is, like, he, he's, a, he's a weird guy, too, in the sense, like, he stole 20 bases last year, so he can run a little bit. Um, he just needs to get back to being Cabrian Hayes and um, being, you know, 15 homers, 20 steals, play that defense, um, you know, hit 270, something like that. We'll be fine with that. But he can't underperform offensively like he has the last year and a half. It's got to be – I mean, his OPS last year was in the 600s. Like, that can't happen. Um, they need more from Cabrian Hayes. And I think Cabrian Hayes would probably be the first to tell you that. And, uh, you know, so – I. He came to camp bigger and stronger. We'll see how that goes. He's got to stay away from a little bit of the nagging injuries that he's had. So, um, so I uh, apologize. This was not my question, uh, but I'm going. It was on the list, so you know it's coming. Um, sure. What were your thoughts on a trade from a few years ago? Um, Austin Meadows and Shane Baz and um, um, Tyler Glass now for Chris Archer with the uh, Tampa Bay Rays. That's a trade that um, we hear a lot about being, you know, like people say that the Mookie Betts to Los Angeles trade was pretty bad, but those are three guys that have turned into fair. I mean, two of them have been hurt a lot, but those are, you know, Archer was right back with the Rays, I think like a year or two later. Um, yeah. How... How, how how do you feel about that trade now, and how did you feel about it when it initially happened? Yeah, it's an interesting it's an interesting topic because you mentioned about how how do you feel then now they've lucked out a little bit in the sense of you know when I say lucked out I I, I just mean that like guys have been hurt so it's lessened the blow for a for a minute there it looked as disastrous i mean like like and that was a neil huntington gm move uh prior to the sherrington uh coming aboard thing um yeah you know um archer didn't work out he had some uh arm issues while he was was with the pirates and they they moved on from they gotten very Baz was the one that everything I, everybody was, I think, was really concerned about. And then he had the elbow issues with uh, the Rays. So when they did it, there was some excitement because the Pirates never seemed to make any kind of a move at the deadline. And I don't know if people remember, but Archer was like the guy at the deadline. Everybody was kind of waiting to see where Chris Archer was going to go. So the one time the Pirates do it, it blows up in their face. They're, they're, they don't contend because of it. Uh, it gets worse because of it. 
they lose some some minor league uh, players out of it. But uh, it was probably ill-timed. It felt like the GM at the time was trying to make a last-ditch effort to keep competing when they probably should have already been starting to tear it down a little bit. So, but uh, yeah, it looked terrible for a while. Terrible. I live in Florida, so I I I we I hear about that trade so often, but it's like, cool. We know what's happened with the trade, but like at the time of the trade, it wasn't like some outrageously ludicrous idea because Archer was like he was a guy then. Yeah, yeah. I think he had had like how many years in a row of two hundred innings, and I mean he was a horse and a pretty good one at that. But, you know, the Rays are tricky. The Rays are a tricky organization. They seem to know when to make moves and when it's time to maybe uh, let someone go. And um, they, they should be the model for every small market team, but it's awfully hard to do what they do. Yes, they have a lab in the Everglades. Yeah, yeah. That's what they do. Is that what it is? Yeah, the lab in the Everglades. That's the, that's the running joke I have. A secret laboratory? Surrounded by uh, alligators. Yeah, probably. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't know how the Rays manage to do what they do, but it's like we have a joke here that any time, like any random reliever signs there, they're about to have like a uh, sub two ERA, like Jason Adam last year. I think it's going to be Heat Henry this year. Like just anybody that shows up there is just going to, uh, especially if they're a relief pitcher, they'll get hurt after a year. But boy, are they going to be good before that happens. It's J.P. Fyreis, and when they traded Adamas to the Brewers and they got back Rasmussen, who they drafted in 2017 and he didn't sign, and then he, the Brewers drafted him in 2018. So they traded for him and the Adamas deal, and they also got Fyreis. And Fyreis was outrageously good. He just got injured, and then they had to DFA him because he was injured. Yeah, but I mean, it's not like Rasmussen hasn't done anything either. He's oh, no, he's solid. been amazing. Um, so I've got one last question for you, Jim. All right. Is there any of any player that we haven't mentioned here today? Who should we be keeping an eye on? Who do you think more uh, more people should know about? Minors or majors? Majors. Let's go all in. I will say that I think. You mentioned you mentioned Bednar, but he's too well known, and he's also a Pittsburgh boy, by the way. He's born and raised here, so he's he's a fan favorite. I th I think you're going to see Mitch Keller have a really 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 good year. Um, if 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 you guys uh, and I don't have the numbers in front of me, but um, this is a guy that he'll be the opening day starter. Um, former first round pick, had his ups and downs, removed from the starting rotation as as early as early in last year he put together a really 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 good solid half of of last season i'm talking almost every start out and he finally looked like he put it all together and in spring training he's looked like that again um the pirates may not be a real good team yet but i think if you catch them on the wrong weekend with the right pitchers going might be a little bit harder of a series than people might imagine it to be. And I think Keller is going to be, I think he's going to take that next step and be a guy that I don't think, I don't know if he's, look, I'm not going to get carried away here, but I think he can be a, 
I think he can be one of the better pitchers in in that division and maybe even in the National League. All right. So Mitch Keller is the one that we need to keep an eye on. Yeah. Here. Yeah. I mean, you know, he had a stretch last year. I think the last half of the season where almost every time out he was going six innings and looking good doing it and velocity up near 100. And, you know, he's he, he's added some pitches and his pitch mix is good. And he's finally pitching like a number one guy. And sometimes with pitchers, it takes a while. And he made every person in Pittsburgh tear their hair out for, you know, the last four years. But it sometimes it just it'll just click. Yep. And um, so keep an eye on Mitch Keller. Yeah, development really isn't always linear, especially with pitchers. Pitchers and catchers, it's like the least linear with. Oh, baseball in general, right, guys? I mean, it's yep. just, you know, people get very caught up with prospects in baseball. And I said, you know what? Give me some proven guys before I take prospects, because you just never know. You just never know. Yeah. Uh, Derek, do you have anything? Um, I do actually. Um, I want to get your thoughts on on on, on two guys. Quick thoughts. Um, one one guy who I've looked at his AAA numbers last year seems exciting. I don't know what he's in store for. Um, potentially ventral. Uh, Ji Huan Bay. I'll know your thoughts on him. I'd like to hear your thoughts on him because seems like a guy. Who could carve out a pretty decent MLB role for himself. Yeah, G1 Bay is uh, – it, it's funny. He's been a big topic this this offseason here in Pittsburgh because he's got some really nice, like, small ball tools to him. He can run. He's a good contact hitter. Um, he plays second. He can play center field. Um, and the Pirates could really use somebody that they can maybe use at the top of the lineup. Um, he got a, he got a little bit of a taste last year at the end of the year and looked pretty good for the pirates, a very small sample size, mind you, but, um, he's got, he's, a, he, he's got some really nice attributes to his game that I think a team can use, especially with like, maybe the steals are going to go up a little bit, the bigger base pads and all this stuff that's going on with limited throws over and being able to run a little bit more problem is he hasn't looked very good in the spring. So they, they, they've kind of wanted him to, to kind of take over uh, at least being like a utility guy uh, and then seeing where things go. He just hasn't looked that great. I happen to think I like his game, but he may not, he may not start on the major league roster. It's, it's, he's, he's, it'll be down to the wire with him. Yeah, that's what I was thinking because I know he's had a rough spring. Yeah. But if he does have tools that can play the big leagues, maybe, maybe – Starts in AAA potentially. Um, yeah. The other guy I want to ask you on. Um, this is a guy that's interesting. Obviously, uh, the, he was quite from the D backs in 2020. He's on the 40 man now. Um, he feels to me. I'm going to make this comparison, um, and I don't know what I'm talking about. Uh, Red Sox on the Red Sox hot process is Sadat and Rafaela, where he is a guy who he can make contact with pretty much every pitch, but it's also kind of his weakness because he swings at outrageous pitches out of the zone. But he's some, but it cut which allows makes him ends up causing him to make a lot of weak contact, which turns into outs. Um, where a lot of guys, they'll swing and miss of those pitches. He's so confident in his ability to hit the ball. I feel like Paguero had some problems last year where he was being over-aggressive because he knows he can hit the ball and make contact with it. Um, and that kind of caused him to have a little bit of a rougher kind of second half of the year or kind of after the first couple of months have a little bit of a rougher season last year in the minor leagues. Do you know if he's maybe been working on refining an approach a little bit or just kind of cleaning some things up? or stuff along those lines. 
Yeah, and you're talking about Leo Figueroa, um, uh, the middle infield prospect for the Pirates. So, yes. um, who I think that was part of the Marte trade, if I'm if I'm remembering correctly, the Starling Marte trade back in the day. He was one of the. I think they got two guys for him, and he was definitely one of them. Um, I know last year he 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 struggled a little bit, um, and so people have kind of cooled on him. The Pirates actually have a lot of middle infielders, Nick Gonzalez, uh, Peguero. They've got Cruz now. Uh, Rodolfo Castro is another name that you could want to keep an eye on. That uh, Bad spring, but he's shown some real pop with the bat at second base. I like Castro. He's actually yeah. somebody that's come up a few times in uh, Red Sox trade rooms. Oh. I know he's somebody that, um, that uh, High and Blue is very fond of. Yeah, I mean – he he's got some ability too. I mean, he's shown some real, real pop with the bat um, in his four or five hundred major league at bats or four hundred at bats. But um, yeah, so back to Pagero. I think people have cooled on him a little bit. He really needs to put together a solid year in the minors this year to be back in that conversation. But he's still listed as one of their better prospects. That's either a good thing or a bad thing right now. I don't know. But um, he's certainly still in the mix in that middle infield. You got the uh, any more, Derek? Nope, that's it for me. All right. Well, we really appreciate you coming on, Jim. Um, this has been this has been great. I feel like um, the Pirates are a really interesting team, and I thought that beforehand, and I feel even more so that now. Um, really looking forward to seeing how that how they move on. Um, is there, is there anything that you wanted us to ask that we didn't? No, I think, I think we cover a lot. You, you, we mentioned this beforehand, you know, looking over the topics. I'm like, you know, for a team that coming off back to back 100 lost seasons, um, they've got some interesting pieces. They've got some sub, you know, some subplots going on here with Reynolds. And like I said, if uh, you guys get a chance, go see O'Neill Cruz in person. It's 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 something to see. Um, and, uh, yeah, so for a team that still has a ways to go, um, there's still some interesting things to talk about with them. Yeah, definitely. You can't, you know, as long as there's baseball, like there's always good conversations to have, but it's, uh, it's always a lot better when the team's actually interesting and there are things to be excited about. Um, absolutely yeah i mean that's what and that's what that's the beauty of this time of year is i think everybody goes in and says you know well maybe a few things stay break right or you know we stay healthy or whatever and uh, i think the pirates were just looking this year hey let's see some win some improvement in the wins and losses um take a major step forward because i think next year and beyond is when they're really going to be looking at trying to compete for real so we'll see fingers crossed gentlemen <laughs> we'll be uh we'll definitely be looking forward to that when it happens um now do you have anything you want to plug before we uh, head off where can people follow you on social media and uh, what tell, tell us a little bit about your podcast yeah so um uh, me and my co-host gary morgan uh we do the pirates fan forum and it is um, Pirates-based, obviously, and we're on the DK Pittsburgh Sports Network here in Pittsburgh. And um, uh, we, our show is really fan-centric. We like to have fans as guests on. 
sometimes we do have former players, former coaches on, um, um, or uh, people that are, are that, that follow the Pirates, whether they're beat writers or work for uh, the TV stations here, we've had them on as well. But we really try to make it a fan voice type show. And um, that's how we like to keep it. It's, you know, just guys sitting around talking baseball, man. That's, that's, that's the best kind of podcast in my opinion. So, but uh, yeah, you can find me at, uh, it's at Jim Stam 22 or for the city underscore 412. And I am all Pittsburgh all the time for better or worse. So uh, I appreciate you guys having me on. It was fun. Yeah, we appreciate you coming on. This was uh, an absolute blast, and uh, we'll be back. Uh, I think uh, when the, the release date with this, uh, the next episode will be uh, uh, the Mets, but um, I'm not sure what day that's coming out. So, and uh, boy, you want to talk about some interesting storylines there? They got. <laughs> I mean, that's going to be. I'm going to have to listen to that one because that's going to be between Steve Cohen and signings and injuries. My God, are they? Are they? Uh, I don't know. If, Hot mess is fair, but it could be. Hot something. Um, yeah. like, like, the guy we've got coming on for that is um, a buddy of mine that I've known since I was 23. And I just got like this random text message the other day after the um, Edwin Diaz huh. uh, injury happened. And it's not funny, but his reaction was just, I don't like any of this. No, I and can't it was just imagine. a text out of context. I didn't see, like, I didn't even know about the injury at the time. And then I go on to MLB Trade Rumors and I was like, oh, that's what he was talking about. Boy, the pressure's on there, isn't it? Yeah, it really, it really is, and it's gonna be, um, it's gonna be really interesting to see how that ends up going down. So, uh, got a lot of questions for him, and uh, yeah, we'll uh, we'll get there when we get there. But uh, thanks so much, everyone, for uh, joining us, and uh, we'll see you all next time. <laughs>